0: Today on the Colin and Samir podcast, we're doing something a little different. We're bringing you guys along to conquer one of our fears, which is skydiving. So we started recording before we went skydiving. We recorded again after we went skydiving. And then we actually did an interview with our friend who took us skydiving, who is Josh Rotman. Josh is an incredibly creative cinematographer. We've been working with him for about six years. And recently, he started skydiving. Josh tells us why he started jumping out of planes and how it relates to creative work. This is one of our most unique episodes to date, and it starts with us on the morning of July 5th in the car on the way to go skydiving.
1: On today's episode, we are in Denver, Colorado. It's... What time is it, Samir?
0: It's, uh... 9 18 a.m. And we need to be at the skydiving center at 10.
1: So by the time this podcast ends, we will have gone skydiving.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if we prefaced this episode. But on today's episode, we are conquering one of our fears, which is going skydiving. So right now we're recording before we go skydiving. And by the end of the episode, we'll record after we have already gone skydiving and give you some of our thoughts and reactions.
1: So, Samir and I fly all the time, and Samir is afraid of flying. He has a tough time with it. I'm not great with it. I do have a fear of heights, though. So, uh, skydiving combines both of these fears into one. And we have a friend, Josh Rotman, who's a DP and cinematographer. He's in the car with us right now. He has skydived over 160 times, and he has asked us probably close to that many times if we would go with him. And so we've said no enough times, and now finally we're going to do it.
0: Yeah, so let me also preface that. I, 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 we fly all the time, and I, I'm a very anxious flyer, and it happened kind of recently. I've been flying since I was a little kid, flying internationally, flying nationally, but only in the past year have I developed kind of a, I don't know what you would call it, but like an anxious flying syndrome where I, I get really freaked out when we take off and when we land, and I just constantly feel like, something is gonna go wrong. So I, I kind of feel like jumping out of a plane, hopefully will help me conquer a little bit of that fear and and get me back to uh, where I was prior, being okay with flying. And uh,
1: I think that's an interesting theory. We'll yeah, see if that's proven correct we'll today. That works. <laughs> My question for you is, do you want to go skydiving? Have you always wanted to go skydiving?
0: Yeah, so I think uh, when I was younger, when I was 18 years old, I really wanted to go skydiving and I actually, you know made a reservation drove to the skydive center and waited there all day but there was weather issues and we couldn't go and they gave us like a voucher but we never ended up going back and it's one of those things that as you get older you know i kind of lost interest and then i started becoming a little bit more or less interested in taking risks and uh you know i just was like all right never mind that that's something i'll probably never do but when I look back on it now there's so many different things I wanted to do when I was younger I wanted to like backpack across Europe by myself for months I wanted to you know go skydiving there were so many different things and as you get older you, you kind of lose sight of those and so now as much as I don't want to jump out of this plane today I really want to jump out of the plane
1: I find that I'm I'm different in that regard you know this past week we've known we're going to be going skydiving and we tell a lot of people oh yeah at the end of this trip we're going skydiving And you get one of two responses from them. Either, oh, that's great, you're going to have a blast. Or, you're crazy, I would never do that. And I would put myself in the latter. The, you're crazy, I would never do that. I've always felt that way. Skydiving has never been something that I've really wanted to do. I think if I was on my deathbed and someone told me, oh, man, you never went skydiving, I'd go, eh, okay, I'll live with that. And I think my my entire family is like that. No one in my family has ever gone skydiving. I talked to my mom about it a couple days ago and she was like, "Uh, okay, all right. You know, not something I would ever, ever do. And I was like, mom, I'm right there with you. It's not something I want to do. But I think now that I'm here and I'm doing it, it's going to be a really interesting experience to just see what it's like after on the other side, knowing that I don't have this huge passion to go skydiving. It really terrifies me, but let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, I actually, I texted my dad. My dad texted me last night just saying, you know, happy 4th of July, and uh, I texted him back just saying, like, yeah, I'm going skydiving tomorrow morning. I, I woke up to a text from him this morning, and he said, um, that's good, period, relax, period.
1: And that's good advice. That's, that's good advice for us to take right now, because we've talked about it enough, I think, for the past week and a half. We've really uh, looked at it from every angle.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, that most importantly is like we, we had a conversation maybe two nights ago of, like, why? Why are we doing it? And you know, there's, a, there's a reason that you know, I used to want to do this and I, I don't want to let go of, of uh, you know, trying to achieve some of those things I always wanted to do, but I also, there's a lot of me that wants like a, a jolt right now, a jolt of, of you know, adrenaline and something that's different, something that's going to, when I hit the ground, I, I want to have a different perspective. And, uh, I, you know, going into it, that's, that's what I'm thinking is that this is a, a, you know, aggressive experience. You're really throwing yourself out of something and you, you your intention is to hit the ground with a fresh perspective on life, on, on work, on everything. And so that's, that's my goal with this. What, what's your, uh...
1: I mean, for me, I'm not going to put any weight on what the experience is going to mean. I, I could definitely see your perspective there. For me, I had a much tougher time answering why I want to do this. Again, it's not something I've really ever wanted to do. I hope that it does give me some sort of jolt and give me a different perspective. The interesting thing for me is I had a really tough time calling my mom and telling her that I was doing this. When we put out the video on our YouTube channel saying that we were doing this, I knew I had to give her a call and tell her because I didn't want her to find out by watching our YouTube video. And for me, I, I felt like she was going to be disappointed. It just wasn't something that like, you know, was almost considerate of me to do, to tell her that in three days I'm going skydiving, now she has to worry and lose sleep over it. It's not something that anyone in my family does. But then I kind of came to this realization that if anything, there are just a lot of things in life that you're going to do that are different than what your family does or than the way that you were brought up even just moving to California and living far from my family, who's basically entirely on the East coast is different. And I, so I think doing something like skydiving, something that my family, no one in my family has ever done, is just another one of those things that will be a little bit different and maybe something that those people that you're closest to wouldn't do, but it doesn't mean it's wrong or a bad thing to try.
0: Okay. So the last thing I'll say before I want to listen to like pump up music right now and talk, start taking some deep breaths um, what was I about to say oh yeah so I'm, I'm reading a book right now called The Obstacle is the Way uh, by Ryan Holiday and basically he says there's no way around it you have to just go through it and I think that's how I'm treating this fear right now is that there's no use in, in trying to go around this fear you just have to go through it and maybe in this case you just have to dive into it is that a good is that a good thing to say now
1: fall fly fly is probably the right word yeah. yeah yeah okay so we'll talk to you after we've jumped out of an airplane Trust what's up man Hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing good. What are we doing here today? We are uh, We're uh jumping out of a plane. Yeah, we are. So you never jumped out of an airplane before? No, no. I never thought I would do anything like this. Well, here's the thing, man. We're going to run you to 12,500 feet, strap you to a perfect stranger, throw you out of a half a million dollar airplane, where we're going to do 120 mile an hour towards the Earth. Yeah, yeah, Okay, cool. Sound like fun? Yeah, it sounds great, man. Let's See just... you out there, man. Cool. We'll <laughs> have some fun. <laughs> all right, man. Welcome to halfway. How you feeling? I feel good, man. Nervous not... at all? Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Really high up. Halfway up, you're halfway ready. I'm all the way ready? I can't believe we're halfway up because I feel like we're really f-ing high right now. But
1: yeah. So what'd Holy you think about the whole skydiving thing? Holy shit, man! That up on your shoulder. Pretty fun, right?
0: Crazy! <laughs> what'd you think, man? That was Is that cooler? Unbelievable! Cool or what? Oh my god! Gentlemen, thank you for jumping with us. Thank you for having us. man. And we'll see you back for round two. All right, we are back 12 hours later to the spot where we started, which is our Airbnb here in Denver. We're sitting on the porch and we had an awesome day.
1: What a whirlwind
0: of a day! Just an
1: incredible way to start your day. All time, I'll never forget it.
0: So, you know, all all the fears we had and all the fears that we talked about um, at the top of this episode, you know, obviously we are both safe. We made it down totally fine. We jumped out of a plane, which was unbelievable. Let's walk you through a little bit of the experience and then talk about some of our reaction, um, a little bit about, you know, what we learned from the experience of skydiving and, uh, yeah, how we feel after it. So let's talk about the experience itself, like pulling into the skydive center, you know, everything that goes down. Yeah.
1: First thing was this morning, there were a lot of nerves. We've been talking about this for a week and a half and really just building up this narrative that this was going to be really a terrifying experience so we've been talking about skydiving for about a week and a half now building this narrative that it was going to be a terrifying experience this morning the moment actually comes we're driving to mile high skydive in longmont and when we get into the parking lot we see people actually in the air coming down and at that point i was still terrified
0: yeah, I mean, I, I actually felt pretty good when I saw people coming down. But the part, the whole skydiving thing, so here, here's how it goes. You get in, they give you, you know, a contract to sign. And then you start reading it and you just start getting Ugh. way more freaked out. Cause it's, it's a like, mess.
1: They, they hold no liability for yeah. anything.
0: I mean, it just really reinforces that, like, this is a very dangerous thing and risky thing to do. And if anything goes wrong, like, you can't blame us. And, and that's just like a scary part of the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And then you're like waiting in a room after you've done that. Also, you would think, you know,
1: a lot of people I would imagine don't read the contracts and just sign their initials. We're guys who read contracts, right. you yeah. know, <laughs> for all the productions that we're on, for any business right. agreement we go into. It's hard for us to just ignore a contract and just blindly I, sign.
0: I actually didn't read it. I just I, I just saw you and heard your reaction it. to it. And I wasn't was like, having a good time reading it. I just it. looked at you and I said, don't read it and and sign it and then once that happens then we waited for like what an hour probably before we went up yeah in that time i called all of my loved ones i did not (laughs) i called everyone and again the the main Mm. advice i got was like chill out relax it's gonna be super fun um and so then we rode in in a trailer over to like the place where we're gonna take off we get suited up you meet the guy who's gonna be strapped on your back Mm -hmm. and your guy was huge my guy was really big uh jack really strong which, which made me feel better um, I had a lot of
1: faith in your guy. My guy was still in the air. I didn't true. meet him yeah, until, until we were in the air. Yeah. Airplane. And my guy didn't talk much. Your yeah. guy was very sociable.
0: So, lo- you know, long story short, one thing that was really comforting was actually while you're waiting to go up in the airplane, you watch people land. Mm-hmm. And when you're watching people land, you're just like, OK, all right, this is a this is a totally fine thing to do. Like all these people are doing it right now in front of me.
1: One person in particular left an impact. She was a 63 year old grandmother. And she had a phenomenal time and was very excited for both of us.
0: Right. Yeah. So, so. that was like, right when, the, honestly, right when she came down, I was like, okay, this is totally fine. Yeah. Um, and then you go up in the airplane. The thing is, when you load into the airplane, you're like, it's a very small plane. I'd never been in a plane that small before. You're sitting with your skydiving instructor who's kind of like... Pulling you in and like stra- like strapping you up, you're essentially on his lap, yes. which is a funny experience. At one point, he asks you yeah, to sit on his lap. Yeah, yeah, you're on like a stranger's lap, and you're like, okay, this is uh, <laughs> Ian,
1: um, Ian, whatever you say. Yeah,
0: whatever. And then, uh, you know, the moment comes where, you know, we were we were getting up there, and they say, okay, we're halfway up, and they were kind of joking around the whole time. So I was like, okay, these guys are joking around. We are yeah. so high. We were in the air. really high. We were so high in the air, and I was like, this is insane how high we are. And then the guy was like, no, seriously, we're seriously halfway up. That was a crazy moment. That was the only part when we were in the plane where I felt a little bit shaken up.
1: But I'm glad they gave us that warning to know that we had about five minutes until we were going to jump. Because from that point on, I really got into this mindset uh, where I was just like, all right, I've signed up to do this. We're doing this. And and it just kind of became a different experience for me at that point. I calmed down a lot.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then it, it, here's a thing that's really interesting. They open the the door of the actual uh, plane, and you, you definitely look at it, and you're like, okay, I've never been in a plane with the door mm-hmm. open. Never. I've never been in that, right? Yeah. And it's like, you and I looked at each other yeah, a little we bit. Like, we were like, okay. We were like, you hear the sound, and it's like, okay, the door's open, and then everything moves fast. Really fast. So Josh just jumps out. And you're like, what? And he is like, gone. Foof. It's like from an action movie. Out. The second he goes out, just... Foof. Ten seconds later, Collins, Foof. he's out. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, I'm the last one in the plane, and I'm like, okay, all right, here We're we go. We're all doing it, man. We're all doing it. And there's this unbelievable moment when you exit the plane. I mean, it is like this insane moment of bliss. Yeah. Y- you're just flying.
1: That was the most memorable moment for me, was the second... That I was at the door right before we went out and I just knew I was all in on this experience
0: so one of the strangest things was that for two weeks we were terrified of this experience hmm and for some reason when we got on the plane and we started going up we weren't scared anymore and for me when I jumped out of the plane I had absolutely no fear out of the plane, and I'm flying in the sky. The video guys like staring at me, like flying it like mm-hmm. perpendicular. Like, and you're just you're flying. just screaming. At yeah, you're just. I was just screaming. I was you're like, just, just saying,
1: "Can you believe this?"
0: <laughs> it was the most unbelievable thing. The free fall was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Um, and then they pull the shoot, and you're just kind of flo- like floating. That was also one of my favorite minutes.
1: parts. When they pulled the shoot, you see the video guy is still falling really fast because mm-hmm. he gets to the ground before you do. And you just softly stop. I thought it was going to be this really intense thing. And for me, we just kind of softly stopped. And then you're just floating there. And you, I just was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe it. At that point, when you go from falling really, really fast yeah. to just floating, it's incredible.
0: So, you know, we both hit the ground and we were so excited. It's just an awesome experience. So, um, you know, reflecting on it a little bit, what do you... What do you think I mean a week ago when we were talking about this you were you were both of us were talking about it like this is a crazy thing yeah. we're doing but you know especially I think when you and I were talking about it you were like this is not a smart thing to do this is like this we shouldn't do this
1: Yeah I mean for me up until last night I thought I would back out
0: I thought that was a possibility You thought you would back out I, I thought, thought it was it, a possibility that you would go down with the plane
1: Yeah I just didn't know how I would react There were moments when I painted this picture in my head of how scary it was going to be, that I just thought, I actually don't know if I could do this.
0: Yeah, But then... I was
1: in a different place than you were in. You were you were a little bit more confident in it. I was yeah, going I was, back I and mean... forth. Like I said, this was never something I wanted to do. And I've talked to my whole family about it. They all feel the same way. It's just something I knew. like It just wasn't... People bring it up to you all the time. You ever go skydiving? You ever want to do it? Nope. And I'm really happy I did it now, but it just wasn't something I wanted to do. So I came at it, this at a little different, you know, with a, mm-hmm. a different perspective.
0: And now that you're, you've, you've hit the ground, would you recommend it?
1: Yeah. It's a real rush. <laughs> yeah, it's, a real
0: rush. it's a crazy, crazy thing. So
1: I, you know, I, I wouldn't knock anyone if they don't want to try it for sure.
0: So where do you think, uh, you know, both of us had a lot of fear going into this. Where do you think that fear was based? What, what was that fear? What were we afraid of?
1: For me, a little bit of it was losing control. It would be jumping out and feeling like I have no control over how this ends. And am I going to start flailing? What's going to happen? Who is this stranger that I'm tied to? Is this the dumbest thing I've ever done?
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, I think ultimately it was, it was all, you know, at the end of the day, obviously, the biggest fear is like, okay, I'm going to, this is, I might die. This is going to end my life. Yeah. Uh, And that's a scary for me too.
1: And the thought being
0: that would be a really dumb way to go out. So so mine was rooted in trust. I think I was thinking about it on the ride back. It was all about trust. I I was thinking about it so much that I have to put my life into someone else's hands. The second you jump out of that plane, essentially you're trusting the guy on your back to save your life.
1: For me too, it was a little bit about feeling guilty. Like it was a reckless thing that I was doing. And I have an obligation and a responsibility to the people that love me to not put myself in dangerous situations. Obviously, looking at it now, it's actually a really safe thing to do. So that was sort of my narrative and maybe some of the narrative that's out there. It's probably more dangerous for you to take a car and drive across the country, the chance that you'll get in a car accident Mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, But my narrative was just, this is an irresponsible thing to do. I should know better and people would maybe like judge me or like in my family or people that love me would be like why would you put yourself in harm's way
0: so here, here's an interesting thing is, is about storytelling and I think when you're a storyteller yourself um, you can create a story in your head very easily of course and, and it can be very cinematic you can have visuals that that attach to it I mean the visual that was happening in my head was the, the jump like jumping out of the plane and how scary that was going to be and then I had visuals of, like, the shoot not going out and, like, everything going wrong. And, and and the story that I was telling in my head was, like, this is an incredibly risky thing to do. The chances are extremely high that something goes wrong. But there is an opportunity to storytell in a different direction. And having, you know, Josh live with us this week uh, on this production, actually tell us more stories of things going right and how awesome it was, that, that somewhat balanced it out for me of, like, yeah. okay, you know, the, the, the reality is, there's a lot of things you can do um, when you're jumping into something like this to tell yourself, you know, a story in one way or the other. But the reality is until it actually happens, those stories are just stories. They, they haven't happened yeah. yet.
1: And until you're sitting in that plane with the door open looking out at that point, I was not afraid. I was looking at this as an opportunity, an opportunity to have a really interesting experience and to feel really grateful to have that opportunity.
0: How I thought I was going to feel in the plane looking out about to jump was actually a polar, the polar opposite of how I actually felt.
1: And the part that I thought I was going to hate the most was jumping out of the plane. And it was the part that I enjoyed the most, to <laughs> yeah, be honest. me
0: too. Me too. So I, I think it teaches you, like, when I look at it now, the fresh perspective that this experience gave me is just that there's a lot of things in life that you're afraid of. Uh, and me personally, there's a lot of things that I can be afraid of. And you can tell yourself a story of why you're afraid of them. Mm -hmm. But until you actually do them, they're not scary. Totally. It's not scary. And and the only way to go uh, and and actually tackle something, um, it's just go straight into it. And, And obviously, there's like very risky things to do in life. But I think primarily relating this to things like in career or relationships or anything that feels really scary. Like you build up a narrative in your head so much that it paralyzes you with fear.
1: Don't discount how powerful you are as a storyteller to yourself, right? You can craft incredible stories about the way life will go or won't go, but it all comes down to the actual action that you take and the moment that you decide to do something.
0: It's almost like your your mind is writing like a, a fiction narrative and, mm-hmm. and you're actually living a documentary. And so, like, you don't know what's going to happen until it happens. But your mind is constantly writing like a story. Totally. So it, it, it's a fascinating experience. Um, I, I think seeing Josh jump out alone, I still don't know that I would trust myself enough. Mm-hmm. E- even... I mean, granted, with the proper training, obviously, but, like...
1: Yeah, I don't think I th- would trust myself. But it's interesting that you'll trust a total stranger.
0: Yeah, I don't... It's such an interesting... Like, what an interesting experience. that I, I met that guy for... I knew that guy for 10 minutes of my entire life, right? Maybe 20, actually, yeah. with the plane ride. Like, tw- 20, 30 minutes max, I know this guy. Probably never see this guy again. Yeah. But I put, like, my life in his hands.
1: For one minute of your entire <laughs> life, you will have been falling with that guy... Out of the sky. Out of the sky from 13,000 feet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was amazing. So I I think definitely, um, you know, if you want to go skydiving, I would absolutely recommend it if you're really passionate about it. Find a spot that you feel really comfortable with. I think one thing that I would look, like I look back on this experience, Colorado was a very nice place to do this, um, but I would love to do it over something like... Mm -hmm incredible where the view is like I can focus on the view whether it's like Dubai or like Australia somewhere over a beach or something like that that would be really cool
1: yeah would you do it again
0: yes yeah I would I would 100% do it again um but f- would
1: you seek it out yourself if you went to a new city
0: no probably not not unless I was with someone uh, who wanted to do it yeah but you know the first thought I had in my mind when I landed was like who could I take to go do this like who who could I go give this experience to now? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it was just so good to do it because you and I were both so freaked out by it.
1: Yeah. And I knew that's in the back of my mind, I kind of knew that was why I was going to do it. It was because I wanted to actually see, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to get back to the fear and, and unpack the fear a little bit more. Cause I think like I've, I, I even thought about a little bit of like the anxiety I've had around flying recently and how that's also rooted in, in a little bit of trust. And yeah. like, I, I don't know that I, like, I don't know who's flying the plane. I don't know who built the plane. You don't know I, how they work. I don't know how they work. I don't, I don't trust the thing at all. Like, it, and I think that was the same thing about skydiving. Like I wasn't, I'm not afraid of you know, heights per se. So I wasn't afraid to like look down, but uh, I was afraid that the person on my back, I couldn't trust. And so I thought that was a really interesting part of, of the fear um, for me and just thinking about it now in the greater scope and being like, OK, what's how do I how do I figure that out? You know, it wasn't actually about skydiving. It was about trust, mm-hmm.
1: especially when they're putting the, uh, the harness on you and the suit. Oh, and I know that at one point they double checked yours because something was
0: oh, loose or something. It's such and a it's, relaxed and, like, experience. Any, any
1: little thing they do, you just assume wow that was it they just saved my life with that move
0: <laughs> when when we were in the plane the guy readjusted my but who harness knows what again. that actually means yeah he just readjusted my harness again and i was like oh my god like did he do it right that time like this is the last yeah. one before i jump out but again for some reason like eerily like str- i was strangely relaxed mm-hmm. before we went out so yeah i mean i think that's like it's like the the, the primary thing yeah you have anything else on your like the fear that you felt leading up to this
1: no i think it just goes back to that narrative of you know make sure to understand how powerful your mind is as a storyteller you know yeah and uh the only way to actually feel confident about something is if you have tried it and then make a decision based on trying Mm -hmm. right yes you can postulate about things forever
0: the, the only time to actually be afraid in this whole experience, the only time that, that you or I should have been afraid, that it logically makes sense to be afraid, is when you're free falling. And that was the only time that I was like at my most relaxed and, and the most enjoyment I felt.
1: You think it has anything to do with the fact that you and I are fanatic storytellers and that we work together all the time, so For the sure. two of us being together, it's... Yeah. it's we're just building this story because that's what we do is build stories so we're like let's just build this one as big as we can
0: well I mean let's let's take this now into other stories that we tell ourselves I think we build stories around um, the audience's reaction to a lot of our content I think we create content and we, and we put it out there and sometimes you and I like if we feel like it's going in a in a uh, maybe negative direction or like it didn't have the best reaction that we thought it was going to have, we build a storyline of <laughs> yeah, like, that's true." Okay, everyone who's watching this thinks it's ridiculous. They yeah. can't even believe we put this out. Ever no one, <laughs> you know what I mean? We make up that st- we tell that story all the time. Yeah, to each other, and so I think this this whole podcast um, is about like storytelling, storytelling to yourself um, primarily, and how to how to keep it positive and how to keep it. Um, Also a little bit more like realistic.
1: Yeah, keep it in check and know that it's just a story. Yeah. It's not really life yet. It's not what's happening.
0: Yes, totally. So we are now joined with Josh Rotman. Josh is the one who took us skydiving. He's been with us all week on a production. He's an awesome photographer, awesome cinematographer, great content creator, and now he jumps out of planes. Uh, He's done it actually, as of today, 165 times, and he's filmed a lot of skydiving, and he's filmed every one of his jumps. Um, We're going to ask him some questions about the experience going skydiving with us, as well as just why he is skydiving in general. Um, So after we went skydiving today, so so after we went skydiving today, one thing that was really cool is Colin took us to Boulder, which is where he went to college. Uh, We went there and we got some lunch. We had some coffee, actually got Josh's first coffee. Josh, how was your first coffee?
2: It was an experience. I think I was more afraid of that first coffee than I ever was of my first skydive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. He actually was. He was like fully freaked out by having a coffee, which was so funny. But we made an agreement that if we did something we had never done before and something that kind of scared us, he had to do something that kind of scared him and that he had never done before, which was drinking a coffee.
2: Coffee has always really sketched me out a little bit. I watched my parents just drink it every morning, and sometimes they're just zombies without it, and I just never wanted anything that I would turn into a zombie without, you know? So I I always just avoided it. I know this
1: sounds crazy, but
2: I think you drinking a coffee was more of an
1: ask than you asking us to go (laughs) skydiving. Just seeing that, you know, you're 30 years old and you've never had a coffee before, and we made you take a double shot of espresso as well as try the drip coffee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, I mean, you were trembling. Your heart was beating. You were talking really fast. you, you know, you had to go to the bathroom after. I felt like <laughs> I felt like. I imagine
2: that's what the beginning of Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk feels like. That's exactly <laughs> what the you look like. Though. And then
1: if you imagine, I mean, honestly, Samir and I looked back at skydiving and we we're like,
2: you know, that really was pretty mellow. I was in a really zen state of mind, and and I didn't have to do anything. The guy just took us out. Uh, Dude, I'm so zen when I jump like that. Like. Yeah. Literally, it's just a complete like moment of just sort of like a, a calm focusness. It's just such a cool feeling. I don't get it like in a lot of other ways, you know. So tell us how and why did you get into skydiving? How do you how do you make that decision? Um, well, I so I went skydiving for the first time like eight years ago and I went On, like, a whim, I just called an audible one day, and I had this dude um, named Bill moving in with me in college. I'd never met this guy. He was transferring there, but a friend kind of hooked us up. And so, you know, I rented this cool house. Uh, There was going to be five of us living in this house, and I'd never met this guy. So the day he showed up, I was like, you know what, dude? You and I, we're going to go skydiving right now. And he was like, okay. Like, it's day one. And so he just said yes, and we went skydiving. It was me, like... My brother, him, you know, a a girl I was seeing and we all just went skydiving and then eight years went by and I never once thought about skydiving again. It never was a fascination of mine or something that I like looked at and was like, oh, I want to do that more. Um, and then I got asked to come to Panama and film, uh, other people skydiving, you know, for a video project, uh. And I really appreciated that opportunity was, you know, I got to do something so cool that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. And when I got home, I just knew after seeing the amount of fun that these dudes have, they like go travel and then they book themselves like a seaplane or a helicopter and they'll jump into different parts of the island. And it was The whole trip leads up to this moment. Like we're having fun the whole time and everything, but like this moment is it's such a high like intensity level, and when it gets executed correctly, everyone just fucking freaks out, and the euphoria is just like nothing I've ever seen grown men, you know, celebrate (laughs) together. You know, and you're on the beach in the middle of paradise. Yeah, everyone's celebrating. You got your parachutes. You just jumped from. You know that seaplane was dropping them at like six thousand feet above a tiny little island, and they were landing on a sandbar. And after I watched that I was like, dude, this shit is epic And so I just sorta of knew that I was gonna do it and the thing that really bothered me as a as like a cinematographer, I would shoot this journey, but the coolest shots in the video come from their cameras, from their GoPros. So like I'm not I didn't even feel like the cinematographer of the project because like the bulk of it is in these these moments that only they can capture of each other. And so I remember at the end of that trip thinking to myself, if I actually wanna do this, if I like this sport and I wanna keep you know, pursuing filming this content, I have to be jumping out of the plane with them. I absolutely have to be exiting, or I'll never feel like I'm making the content like it's all me. And so that's where the kind of like initial inspiration c- came from. And so I've just kind of been working towards getting really competent in the air so that I can fly a camera and be making content.
0: So, so the the first time you jumped drum- yeah, sorry, the first time you jumped solo. Tell us about that experience, because you kind of went from jumping tandem, uh, and then eight years later, getting involved in filming skydivers, and then you just went straight into jumping out of an airplane alone.
2: So, I mean, basically, so I, I, guess I did the the film job in July, and I was jumping. I started my training in November, so I gave myself like a couple of months to save up some money and and make sure that like I could do it right and give myself the best chance for success, um, and so. Yeah, it was, like, three months, and I set up a – you go through a program. It's called AFF, which stands for, like, Accelerated Free Fall. And it's a a program of, like, your first eight to ten jumps, depending on, like, how well you do in the air. And you're jumping with coaches, and it's in a very controlled environment. You have a very kind of detailed – Dive flow of things, you know, consecutively that you need to do, and for you need to understand the reasons why you do them, and and be safe. And then, you know, by the end of that, on your ninth jump, after kind of like progressively having the coaches control you less and less and give you more and more freedom, um, then they invite you to jump on your first solo, which is if you do it on time, it would be your ninth jump. You do one working tandem, you know, and then eight jumps, and then on your ninth, or I guess seven jumps, and then on your ninth uh, you'd be jumping on your first solo and that's the one that's really crazy because it's so the program is designed to be so like thorough and you're always kind of like engaged in an activity and making sure that you're participating in your safety and awareness of the group you know but then when you jump alone all of that goes away for the first time and you're not expected to do anything you just get to you've been given the responsibility of getting up there and seeing that perspective without any interruption. And that's the, cra- that was the craziest one and the one that I'll probably remember for the, you know, like, that I'll m- remember the strongest is being out there and realizing that you don't have to do anything and I can just kind of like search the horizon and be calm about that and get to see the world from a perspective that, you know, I earned. And that was uh, that was probably the most unique one.
0: Mm, that's a, that's a really interesting thing you just said. See the world from a perspective that I've earned. I really like that. That's 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 a really cool line. Um, so we, you know, Colin and I talked a lot about trust. We talked about fear. Did you ever feel fear in, in jumping out of the planes? Was there was there you know ever a point where you felt afraid? Did you always trust yourself?
2: I must have like. I must have felt fear is what I'm saying. And I must not have always trusted myself. Um, But I tried to be focused about it. I tried to not. I tried to give all of my focus to the things that I need to absorb in order to stay safe and not give any of my energy to the part that doesn't help towards that end. So like it's not that I wasn't scared. I think it was just more of like I was trying to make a conscious choice to not let that be at the forefront of my mind when I needed to be learning things that could save me. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that does make a lot of sense, but I think it's a really interesting conscious choice um, to decide that you want to skydive solo because you're, you're putting everything into your own hands, um, which you know just just requires a lot of self confidence and a lot of uh, trust and a lot of desire for control.
1: The question mainly is for me, what has skydiving solo? having all of that control over your own destiny, your own life taught you about yourself. How how has it made you feel to now be able to jump out of an airplane a ton of times and know with f- full confidence that you're going to land safely on the ground and you're going to make the right decisions? How does that make you feel now when you're not skydiving?
2: I think it's it's shown me that Like I could use a healthier dose of risk in my life and that those are usually the moments where you actually like see progress in yourself is when you're taking sort of like a high risk, high reward path and laying it all out there and seeing what happens and realizing that failure is isn't is like a lateral move, like it doesn't end your world or anything like that. You just, you know what I mean? Like, you get to take that high risk, high reward, and sometimes it pays off big, and sometimes it doesn't, but the only thing you can do is, like, keep taking the next one. And, like, when you start skydiving, like, you suck at the beginning. Everyone sucks at the beginning. It's a completely foreign, like, uh, feeling, and the way to control it is all, like, super backwards, and uh, everyone sucks at it at the beginning. But as you watch yourself progress, you know, over a couple... Um, dozen jumps, or, you know, 50 jumps to 100 jumps, and you watch the progress happen, you can see that, like, it takes absolutely repeated failure. Like, your your chances of failing at something, just doing it wrong during the course of one of these jumps is, like, 85, 90% when you're when you're learning, you know what I mean? But as you can do it over and over and over again and just continue to work at it and put time into it and put effort into it and try to build your skill, then you start seeing these little successes pay off. And it's such a, just like an obvious metaphor that like, you know, a lot of this, the creative stuff that we do is just a one-to-one reward. You put in more hours of work into this project or this photo or whatever, and it's going to yield better results. And it's just such a tangible... Um, and, and a sort of physical manifestation of that, uh, like learning body control. I'm not like a person who, you know, like body control or, or anything was like a uh, something that I wanted to achieve. Or, like I, don't, I never did yoga. I, I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. That's. but then I got in the air and I had so much fun in the air. And then you realize how much control you can actually achieve and how much more fun the activity becomes because you have that kind of control. And, you know, that applies to that applies largely to a lot of stuff.
0: That was a great answer. And I think, I think that also, I mean, you know, this week we've been working together on a creative project on, 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 uh, you know, filming and editing and it totally applies there, right? Like making a movie or making a video is so much more fun if you're really experienced and you know what to do and you know how to, you know, press the right buttons to make something look better or like you visualize something and you want it to look like that. And I thought it was really interesting when you landed from the skydive today, you were telling us about the different moves you were doing in the air uh, you know, granted a little bit, something that we don't fully understand, but sure. you showed us some of the video from he, you sure. know, Josh jumped out with it, two cameras on his head, <laughs> one, one on top of his head, which was a GoPro fusion and, and one on his chin, which is a hero three, I think. Um, but yeah, to, so it's really interesting to hear about body control and the fact that as you like things become more fun, the more work you put into them and the more that you can, um, do, you know, and that's, that's across the board.
2: And, and the, the higher your comfort level is with failure like mm. just just like the idea that things can go wrong and it can energize you and make you want to try it again quickly and and with the planes the, the way that their schedule runs like you got to pack up quickly and like get on the next load you know you only have like 15 20 minutes when, like on a busy day when the planes are turning and so like you're you're just like you're on the ground and you're talking to your buddy and you're talking about where it went wrong and what you could do better. You're packing at the same time and then you're both like trying to get, you know, your gear checked and get safely on the next plane, you know, is without missing a load so that you can just try it again because the failure like is a, is a positive thing and it shows you, you know, where you can improve and it kind of like helps you find, uh, you know, your path through the progress, you know?
1: I think it's interesting you're using the word failure with skydiving. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, if someone said, I went skydiving and I failed, I would think you're probably not here anymore, right? Oh, and yet, well, sure, but, but, that's like the big fail. <laughs> but but the interesting thing is that even with skydiving, you have skydived a bunch, failure doesn't mean, it didn't mean death, right? These are like small no. things that you're doing um, that you're getting better at. and
2: Yeah, it never, yeah. It just
1: doesn't mean, it didn't mean the end, right? And a lot of times I think you were saying that in, in work life that like, you just have to try a lot of things and failing at them doesn't mean it's over right it's a lateral move and it's a move that you have to go through to eventually succeed
2: yeah and creative stuff is no different and i think that's one of the reasons i was so i like was so transfixed by the way that progress happens in skydiving is because the creative stuff is really no different especially when you're a freelancer it's just like repeated failure repeated like you're doing stuff with a client they like it awesome you know then they didn't book you again oh sorry it didn't work out or uh you pitch a, a you know a client for this budget and they tell you no and it doesn't work out and you move on to the next and you just you know these things are like it's at first it's gonna be like 10% success and you just have to grind through that 90 because it sucks but it just happens and then you, it becomes like 20% success and you know after years go by you start finding your style and your voice and you start learning what clients you know mean trouble for you and which ones are going to be great and loyal and and you can kind of like parse the stuff out and it's the same just like every day you need to get better at it because it's the only way so yeah so like when I think of the word failure in skydiving it isn't like failure is obviously like anything that's like an injury or something related to the sport but failure is just simply not achieving at the absolute like pinnacle that you can imagine yourself and so as long as you can like you know what I mean like you can have a bunch of fun with your friends on a jump, but if there's one part that you know, you can improve on, like it's just important to, even in the fun, like you don't have to treat it like this big negative thing, but like just understand that that failure equals growth and it's the only way to, you know, iron out all those mistakes and like get the skill. You know what I mean?
0: I I thought something that was really interesting is when we were going up, Colin and I both asked the guys who were strapped to us, our tandem uh, instructors, how many jumps they had, like how many times have they, have they done this? The, the guy who was strapped to me he said 850 and I was like okay uh, I, I wish it was more Colin's guy said what 9,000
1: I think it was 10,
0: it, it was around 10, 11,000 okay so the, the thing that's amazing to think about is doing anything nine to 10,000 times uh, that's
2: exactly right
0: right doing anything nine to 10 like the moment I heard he said 9,000 I was like I immediately trust Colin's guy way more than I trust my guy <laughs> I'm terrified by the guy who's on me now uh, only slightly. I really wasn't that scared at that point, but, uh, I was like, you know, I was like, Oh, it would be better if you had more jumps. Uh, right. But technically
2: like your vehicle down to the ground from that airplane, both of yours had more experience than mine. In fact, like it, yeah. one of them, it, 10 times more experience. The other one, like 200 times more experience. Right. And so, you know, you guys are probably in the safest hands of all the people exiting that plane. Oh, totally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I I think it's a really important parallel to creative work. I loved what you just said about pitching, Um, pitching and you know, in two ways, one, if you're, if you're in client work or you're trying to pitch a brand or, or a network or something, but then also when you're putting yourself out there, like putting yourself out there on YouTube, for example, you're putting yourself out there. You're essentially pitching yourself to an audience. You know, and I, I think the reality is that if you if, if you want to get, you know, really good at, at skydiving, like, for example, you have one hundred and sixty five jumps. Um, you're still not like considered expert. Right. Not by even, any means. Not even
2: close. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Not even not even close. Right. I mean, this guy made uh, nine or, or eleven thousand jumps. It's the same thing if you want to make YouTube videos or movies like or, or whatever it is like it's not going to happen in 10 videos it's not going to happen in, in, in 20 videos. It's going to happen with a lot of persistence and a lot of ability to say, you know, okay, 10% of my stuff will hit or 5% of my stuff will hit. And I, I really liked what you said of like, like that 90% is going to suck at first, like right. all, that 90% failure is going to suck in, in whatever you do, whether it's, it's creating content or jumping out of an airplane.
2: Yeah. And so, so I think there's like a, a world where you look at a YouTube, the way a YouTube channel grows. And you think like, oh, they got all these followers so quickly. They must be lucky or something like that. And I think in most cases, like it, luck has almost nothing to do with it. And it's all um, hard work. Yeah, but it's like it's like all this work that's already happened. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, I think like when when you guys started your YouTube channel you like positioned everything just right. Like you were making just the kind of content that you liked that also intersected with an audience that you kind of like targeted and you were collaborating with the right people who are in a similar space that you want to be in. And you know, like your stuff was getting written about on blogs and things like that. And it was being shared with other people with big, it was all like perfectly aligned. That doesn't have a single thing to do with your actual content. Like that's a reason why it succeeded, and you know, like that comes from the experience of already building a YouTube channel or building multiple YouTube channels or failing at building a series for those YouTube channels. More importantly, yeah, you know, and like I've, I you know, I have relative failures in each of each video that I make or each project that I work on. It's just like skydiving, though. It's like you didn't die. Yeah, it's just like you didn't stay head down as long as you're partner did you know it's a small thing or your video had little bars at the top and bottom by accident
0: we're gonna bring that up
2: (laughs) but i'm just saying like those those little things like that that'll never happen again right you know what i mean and it's just the amassing of those experiences Mm -hmm. that yields like a higher value uh professional
0: and and here's the reality is that you know yes you know colin and i would this in the past six months, we've had some really awesome experiences, we've gotten to collaborate with people and, and our, you know, our, our content and our channel has seen some, some really good growth. Today, I would say that, you know, we are experimenting constantly and, and we're failing a lot, mm-hmm. you know, on, 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 uh, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm saying like, we're trying things and having a certain expectation and sometimes they don't hit that expectation. And, and that is um, like you said, it's, it's not a step backwards. Um, and it's really important to just get back to that, you know, that storytelling concept we said to, to make sure that the story remains in your head, that you are making progress by experimenting and by failing or by, um, you know, not not hitting exactly what you want. Yeah,
2: and that there needn't be fear of it because mm-hmm. the failure isn't death. Like the failure isn't the end. The failure is just lateral. You know, and yeah. the failure can ultimately just move you forward yes
0: I, I i really really like that thanks Josh, guys wait, one more question for you actually cool what was your experience Scott having with us um out of all the people you've taken, okay i'll try to, i'll try to keep it brief it <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds like
2: oh this
1: is gonna be a long one no
2: so like okay i've taken a lot of different i've probably taken about 25 different people to do their tandems whether it's the first time or whatever um but I had never talked about it for as long as anybody other than you guys. We discussed it for, you know, probably over a week. As much as
1: you possibly could.
2: I tried to convince you multiple times that I usually give up earlier, but I felt like (laughs) it just, like, you guys just needed to happen for. Um, And so it was different for me having talked about it for so long. We talked about every different scenario. We had talked about every different... Um, you know, like st- story that you heard and like all this and th- so you guys built it up into this monster of a narrative like you were saying before. Um and whether that was warranted or not, I mean ultimately like it's up to you. Like you guys seem to have fun living that through that narrative. <laughs> <laughs> fun? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I had a pretty good
0: t- I had a pretty good time, like in all the conversations this week, like <laughs> I mean, I I, w- I got to the point where I had Josh bring out his parachute bag, his like backpack, <laughs> and actually explain to me every piece of the bag, how it functions, where the reserve comes out, like everything about it. I wanted to know everything. I was watching skydive videos. I started watching base jump videos, which was probably ill advised.
2: And, and then you're just starting to go down a hole that you don't need to go down. Yeah, I, I wasn't having
1: quite as much fun with the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking, I was asking you often to not talk about
0: it. That's true. <laughs> I Every day, multiple times, Colin said, can we not talk about this? And was dead serious, not joking. Yeah,
1: I, I said, let's talk about this once we're on the ground after. <laughs>
2: but, so, yeah, like, that was that was really the only difference. The actual, like, from the moment that we got there to the moment we were on the ground, it was actually very similar to everything else I'd done. You guys handled your shit, which was important. I was glad that that happened. Uh, but other than that, like, it was really that whole kind of, like, leading up to it that I had never experienced with anybody else. So it was fun watching your guys' wheels turn and getting to... To kind of like talk with you and mess with you when I when I wanted to. Well, uh, Man, thank you for being persistent and asking us
1: to go because... Dude, it's we, the best. We, we definitely, I for sure, would never have skydived, I don't think, in my life had you not you convinced You know, besides us to enjoying
2: go. it myself, I find this sort of like odd satisfaction from sh- seeing others, you know, get to do it too. Um, so,
0: if you want to go jump, we'll holler. <laughs> yeah, Samir, if you want to holler, go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. <laughs> So if you guys want to follow Josh, you can follow him on Instagram at Digital. We'll put that in the description for this show as well. He takes awesome photos. He's an amazing cinematographer and editor. And now you can also see him jump out of planes on his Instagram. So that's it for our 11th episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. We hope you guys have been enjoying this podcast as much as we've been enjoying recording it. If you have any thoughts on the podcast, what you like, what you don't like, how we can make it better, please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also tweet at us at Colin and Samir with any feedback or even ideas for future episodes. Also, if you have any questions about skydiving, feel free to tweet them at us. We definitely will have a YouTube video coming soon about skydiving. Until then, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to this podcast, and we'll be back next Monday with another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.